What's up and welcome back to the Sinbin Podcast. I'm your host, John Burnett, along with two of my closest friends, Ryan Cornelius and Andrew Henry. And it is the 3rd of July. NHL Free Agency started on Sunday night. Uh, we're going to cover that because everybody and their mother has decided to cover the NBA Free Agency. And uh, mostly, we just don't give a shit. So, we're going to cover mother, the... Though. I'll say that. Oh, God. Fuck the heat, honestly. Fuck the entire league. Uh, not really, but you just... Come back to me, Jimmy Butler. It's, it's a bunch of petty shit. Anyway! What is this league you're referencing? Uh, the NBA? NBA? Never heard of it. No. Exactly. Artemi, Artemi Panarin, the bread man, got breaded up. Seven years, $81.5 million. He went out and got that bread. Quite literally. What uh, what my insiders are telling me is that the Islanders had a bigger offer for him, but he chose he chose the rags. If he went to the fucking Islanders, I would have just had a conniption. I don't know why would you go to the Islanders with uh, I mean they play in two different arenas for starters. Right. Well, for now. Uh, it's I don't know what the hell's going on in Long Island and Brooklyn, but it's not good. It's not great. But, uh, yeah, $11.6 million a year average annual value. So just to, to recap things, as Flyers fans, we now have the Devils who have Taylor Hall, Jack Hughes, and P.K. Subban, and the Rangers get Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco. Uh-huh. So I'm not uh, happy with that. And we've done jack shit. We got... <laughs> We got Justin Braun and Matt Niskanen, baby. Oh my god. Cup run, here we fucking come. Mm-hmm. So even if the Flyers... And, make... and we, we signed Brian Elliott to a one-year extension. So hey. we got a brick wall in net. Oh my god. You know what? Just give us the cup now. <laughs> Just give us the cup now. Seriously. Even if they make immense improvements, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that it's got to show up in the uh, win column. With the amount of times they have to play their division. Yeah, that sucks. I hate this. Caps are still going to be good. Yep. Yeah. Of course. Penguins are obviously going to be good. Honestly, uh, the, the Penguins and Flyers might be the basement of the division. Well, we've been the basement of the division the last they won't two be the years. Basement. The, fly, uh, the Penguins? The Penguins? Yeah. Uh, you think they're going to be worse than Columbus? Yes. Yes, what I is do. what do the Blue Jackets have now? They signed. Who did they sign? They uh, signed. Not a lot. They signed Nyquist for. Oh je- well, Jesus. Yeah, well, what are they gonna What are they gonna write Corpusalo to the top? No, the Blue Jackets are screwed. So, so there can't be a three-team basement. What's your definition of basement? I was gonna say, aren't there like how many teams are in the division? I think eight, right? Okay. Okay. Say there's. The Flyers, Penguins, and Blue Jackets are all eliminated from playoff contention months before the playoffs start. That's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know about all that. Months months before? You're saying they're going to get eliminated in February? You know how bad you have to be to get eliminated in February? That wasn't a prediction. I'm trying to explain to you that there can be three basement teams in an eight-team division. You know how good you got to be to clinch in February and not win a game in the playoffs? You have to be the Lightning to do that. Yes, yes, you do. Yeah, I'm taking a shot at the Lightning. 
because uh, you are now the meme of the NHL. Good for you. So, so you're saying if the Flyers, Penguins, and Blue Jackets all finish their season, whatever, 15 games, 20 games under 500, that doesn't constitute being a three-team basement? No, it does. Okay, do you really think that's going to happen? I don't think the Penguins are going to be good. I agree with Ryan. I do not think the Penguins are going to be good. The Penguins are not the Penguins anymore. I, I said it. I said it shows ago that the Penguins are not the mighty Penguins anymore. They're the not the f- mighty, but they're good enough to be in the playoffs. Uh, I don't. Fine. I don't know. I've I've watched enough That'll sports. I've watched enough sports to understand that teams' reigns come to an end, and this is the turn of the cycle. Yeah. They uh, traded. They trade Kessel to Phoenix or Phoenix, Arizona. They had a decade uh, of good fortune, and I'd say like a decade and a half. Yeah, really. and it's. I believe it's over. Um, it's you know it's different though. It's the NHL. Like there's parity. They still have Sidney Crosby, but that doesn't. Oh yeah, of course. That, that's not that's not a be all end all. They. They're just going to be good because they have one player. That's not the way it works in the NHL as it does in they other leagues. Ha- they, that's, they don't have one player, though. They have a lot of Albatross contracts and Malkin that are not of high caliber. I think Matt Murray is a very solid goaltender. Then you have Meh. Gensel and Latang still there. Matt Murray is still very I, I, unproven. I will, be, I will be stunned if the Blue Jackets finish better than the, the Penguins do this year. That's a hot take. I look at the Penguin season last year. It took what to game eighty one till they clinched. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so you're gonna go from them making the playoffs to them finishing fifteen to twenty games under five hundred? No, that's no, not what that's we're not, saying. That's not what I said. That was just the. There can be three teams in the basement. I don't know what they're. I I would assume they would finish around five hundred, probably a few games under. But that doesn't get you to the playoffs in the NHL. No. So it's not – I'm not saying they're just going to be absolute shit, but they're not going to be a playoff team. I'll take you up on that bet, actually. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, speaking of former Flyers, Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, seven years, $70 million to the Florida Panthers – because they apparently have money to spend. I don't know how, but they do. Um, he's getting 10, 10 million a year, obviously. 31. That contract goes till he's 38. Yeesh. I'd be a little timid with that. Um, Matthew Shane to Nashville, seven years, 56 million. Ryan, your favorite team. Dude loves country uh, music. Yeah, he plays the guitar actually. Let's Doesn't uh, he? Yeah. After uh, after the season was over, he he went down to Nashville and was having a grand old time. He just I don't know, it looked like he wanted to be in Nashville from the start. He's having a great time honky talking and uh, I don't know how much he's gonna be able to get drunk down on Broadway during the season, but He'll he seemed to enjoy it. He will find a way. It was uh, after the Blue Jackets were eliminated. Uh, a bunch of those guys went down to Nashville. 
So they, they they didn't seem to be too beat up about their playoff exit, considering a few days later they were just getting drunk in Nashville and honky-tonking. Uh, Anders Lee re-signed with the Islanders, seven years, $49 million. Which, I mean, the Islanders got something. You didn't get Panarin, but you got Anders Lee back. So, whoop-de-doo. Ryan, what are you doing over there, man? That's very unprofessional, Johnny. Keep the show rolling. Hmm? It's unprofessional. You had to be banging the shit out of your microphone. <laughs> Sebastian Otto <laughs> resigned with Carolina. $542.2 million. <laughs> 8.4 a year. Uh, Matt Zuccarello is another interesting one. It goes from Dallas. He got... Matt... So he's, he, where'd he go? The Wild, right? Yeah, five yeah. years, 30. I mean, I, I can see... They got a lot it. of speed in Minnesota. I think we've been saying Minnesota's got a lot of speed for about a decade now. That's, I mean, that's their game. I, like, I don't know, they don't they don't have Eric Hall anymore. They had him for a long time. I mean, Zucker's fast as shit. Now they got Zuccarello, too. Yeah. I, I mean, Dallas was... Dallas seemed to be... Like, I thought Dallas was. I thought Dallas was going to make a deep run, which they did. But it's like, you thought they had more, and if they had like one more piece. That's the crazy thing about the NHL playoffs: one game away from knocking out the defending or the. Well, I guess now they're the defending champions in the second round. I mean, the, the Stars had them on the brink. That's that's why there's like nothing more unpredictable than the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh yeah, no. Uh, Tyler talk, Myers. Talk about who the stars got, Johnny. They got uh, Captain Deflection, uh, Joe Pavelski, for what is that? Three years, twenty-one. At thirty, at thirty-five, I'm I'm actually okay with that contract. I didn't think Pavelski was that old. He's thirty-five and getting seven a year. Yeah. Damn. Yes, he is. Contract ends when he's 38. He'll probably, he might get one more contract after that and then probably retire, uh, barring a significant injury. But Yeah, barring Cody Eakin. Yeah, barring Cody Eakin breaking the man's jaw. But other than that, other than that, he's fine. He's fine. Um, Tyler Myers, the massive defenseman, uh, goes to Vancouver. And Vancouver is going to be interesting because they got two young guys up there. They're building something. They, uh, who they they just re-signed uh, Edler, I think, too, right? I believe so. Something like that. Yeah. You. Got, I mean, they. I feel like they are a team that has a lot of talent, but they've just been awful for like four or five years now. I mean, Vancouver. You're talking about. Yeah. Their ownership is not ideal, but I mean, they are. They have built within with their two. Uh, Young guys who the, um, their names are Brock Besser right now. Thank you. Yeah, Besser, Elias Patterson. Yeah, they're building with they're building within, so they're not just going out and signing guys willy yeah. nilly. They got Quinn Hughes now too. Yeah, they needed a defensive anchor, and I think Tyler Myers is it. So. Um, yeah, this is a team that like won the Presidents Trophy like twenty eleven, right? <sighs> Sure, wasn't the Capitals? I think it might have. I don't know. The year, um, they lost the, the year Bruins that they lost the, the Bruins. Cup final. 
Yeah. yeah. I think they won the President's Trophy that year. Well, yeah, but I mean, they went, in, they took a fucking nosedive after that. Yeah, I think the Caps won it, the President's Trophy in 2010. That was the year they got upset by Montreal in the first round. And I and think Bl- Vancouver was the next year. That was, I think they, um, they were actually up 3 nothing in their first round series against the Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks came back in 4-7. And then the Canucks won in overtime. In Game Seven, that was a uh, Alex Burrow's goal, mm. I believe. Yeah, but who's who's on that Canucks team now? That was on that one in 2011. I don't think. Oh, right. I don't That's, think any of them. Yeah, uh, BX is not there anymore. Uh, Luongo. By the way, Luongo. Uh, we actually, I meant to mention this on the last episode, but I forgot. Uh, congratulations to him on the hell of a career. Did you guys know he is second all time in saves, just behind uh, Brodor? Just saves in general? Yeah, just like saves made. No. And he was probably, if he just played like a quarter of a season or like a half a season this year, he probably would have broken the record too. He was how only many, like 500 saves away. How many wins is he behind Radur? Because Radur's got what, 600 something? Uh, well, nobody's, I don't know if anyone's going to break that record. Let me let me check real fast. I think Luongo's like third all time in wins or something, maybe second. I think it goes Radur, Patrick Waugh. And then I don't know the rest. Uh, let's see. What about? Oh. Yeah, okay, so yeah, Brodeur had six ninety one, Wa five fifty one, Roberto four eighty nine. Marty Brodeur's got six hundred ninety one wins. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Marty, come back for half a season. Get to seven hundred. Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hank is sixth all time with a uh, 4.49, so he's probably he'll he'll pass Cujo this year. He's he's five behind Curtis Joseph, and then Ed Belfort's at 4.84. So that's that's Eddie kind of a Bel- stretch. Eddie Eddie Belfort, the Eagle, he was a madman. That man's legitimately insane. Also, don't look now. Mark Andre Fleury at 4.39. He's still got a little juice left in him. He does. I'll be honest, if if Lundqvist gets to 500 wins, I think I'll be shocked. Because the Rangers are just, they're not, I mean, you saw them last year, they're not, they're not very good. Well, Capo Caco's going to score four goals every game. So well, is that, is that what he's going to do? Well, yeah, and then Panarin will score four also. So as long as he doesn't give up nine goals, then they're going to win. Well, he's getting up there. No, I'm kidding. Um, Wayne Simmons to the Devils on a one-year deal. That's just... Uh. That's that. Five million dollars, I think. Yeah, that one hurts. Um, I mean, he's still like, yeah, that sucks. I he's, he's not thirty-one. He's not the player he used to be, but he can get you at least twenty goals this year. Park him in front of the net on the power play. See what yeah. the fuck happens. He's only thirty-one. It's not like he's. Fucking 39 years old, and this is like, okay, Wayne, we're going to give you a pity contract because you've done so much. No. He had he had 16 goals last year, but he only played in 62 games. Or oh, I'm sorry, that's just – okay, so he played – so he had 17 goals last year in what's – what's 62 plus 17? Eight, so 79? Yes. 79, okay. So, yeah, if I mean, if, like, the planets aligned for him this year, he could probably get you 20. 
I'm, I'm just looking at his flyer stats. I, and then he played 62 with the Flyers and 16 goals. And then he played 17 with the Predators and got one goal. So That's I guess, it? Yeah, exactly. He was, not a, he, he was not living life in Nashville like Duchesne's probably going to. The reunited with Lavi just did not work, apparently. So why the hell is he getting $5 million? For one well, year, I mean, though. he's like destroyed the Devils in the past, so they probably think pretty highly of him. What do you mean for one for one year, five million dollars for maybe twenty goals? Devils got to do something because they went, they took a, they took a fucking nosedive last year after two years ago making the playoffs when nobody thought they would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you go from making the playoffs to what, dead last? Okay, well, I I don't think. Oh, Wayne Simmons really fits your current NHL system. What's their system? Speed. Wayne Simmons is sneaky fast. I would. But, I mean, for one year and just to, like, just to maybe just make a push, I get it. If they had signed him for, like, maybe three or four years, I'd. I would be a little more hesitant, but yeah, you can swallow five million dollars for one year. Like if you're paying him five million for three years, then that adds up, obviously. But yeah, that that would they be can a afford to do that. With and Jack Hughes is going to be on a rookie contract. Yeah, they can get away with it probably. If you got if you got a phenom coming in, like before like before McDavid got paid, the Oilers were basically just get everybody in here because McDavid's still on his rookie deal, and if we don't do anything, right, we're they, fucked. They, they brought in Lucic and they. They brought in Maroon. But was that exactly. like was that a competitive price? Did the Devils outbid someone at five million? I don't know. I hadn't really seen like anybody else bidding for him. I I mean I he just, was I don't know. I, I think you could get Wayne Simmons for cheaper than five mil for one year. I think the Penguins were going after him. Which yeah, you want to talk about hurt, that would have just that might have killed me. Hey, good for um, Simmer. Good see, for you. To see Wayne Simmons dropping the gloves in a Penguins uniform against a Flyer, I would throw up. I would have cried. Yeah, I would throw up. Um, but uh, yeah, what what is what's the other big signing? Um, Nyquist got a nice contract with Columbus, four twenty-two. Uh. uh I think TSN on their website listed Nyquist as being signed by the Ducks. So it broke on Twitter because they had their little TSN free agent center. Yeah. And it had Gustav Nyquist in the contract, and it had the Ducks logo there when it was. Yeah. And and it wasn't supposed to be there, obviously. So Did somebody in the presentation department fuck up at TSN? <laughs> so uh, on Twitter, people An were... An intern just got fired. People thought uh, the Ducks signed Nyquist. Would you He's have been 29. Excited? I thought he was way older than that. I would have liked it. I mean, NHL free agency, it's obviously, it's not like... It's not like the NBA where it's just like everybody's leaving and it's just it's a bonanza. It's like, okay, you got like one, two, or three guys, like massive names that everybody knows that are going to leave and like that's it. I, I've seen a lot of talk about uh, free agency day in the NHL and saying that it's not necessarily a bad thing when you don't go out there and sign a big name because normally you're overpaying. Right. 
this is this is another reason why the NHL, in my opinion, is far superior to the NBA right now. If you pay any attention to NBA free agency, there's just it's there's super teams that are forming. Like Kyrie and Kevin Durant have been in contact this entire time, and they like package themselves, and now they're they're going to the Nets with DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Anthony Davis went to the Lakers because of LeBron, and now Kawhi Leonard is probably going to go to the Lakers also. It, like it's just it's not it's not fun anymore really to watch it's, basketball. With like, hockey, you're not going to get that. Ever. There's no such thing as a super team. And with and in hockey, there's. I mean, loyalty gets thrown around a lot where it's like, oh, this guy's not loyal. It's not, it's like, it's not the loyalty thing. It's, okay, if, like, say, let me throw out a name here, uh, Crosby. Like, if Crosby, Crosby would become a free agent if somebody offered him, like, the Panarin deal, like, seven years, $80 million, and the Penguins offered him the same thing. He's not just going to leave just to take that offer for the same amount of money. Even right. if it was even if the offer was a little more to go to another team. If the Penguins offered him 780, he's going to stay in Pittsburgh. He does like you don't want to leave. Hockey players, most of us have the mindset of if a if a team's been good to us and they're willing to pay us that amount of money, we're not going to leave. Even even if he decide even if like he Patrick if Crosby, Patrick Kane and Connor McDavid were on a group chat together. And they've been talking, and they're saying, "Hey, we're all going to go to the, the, the I, I don't know, the Flames." Okay. The three of them could all sign huge contracts in Calgary, and they still may not even win the Stanley Cup. And it would also destroy their cap. Right. Destroy their cap. Right. In basketball, as soon as Kevin Durant and Demarcus Cousins went to Golden State, hey, spoiler alert: the Warriors are going to win the the finals. Yeah. Okay, with hockey, you still never know. If all those guys, like you said, destroy, if they destroyed the Flames' cap, that means they've got no money for defense and no money for goaltending. They're going to be shit on the back end. So, yeah, they're, they're going to be score the, the highest-scoring team in the league. They still might not win the Stanley Cup, though. That, that's why it's just it's so much better in hockey. It's also the fact that where it's like there's 25 guys on an NHL roster and, what, 12 or 13 on an NBA? I don't, I'm not really sure. I think it's like 14 or 15. I'm not okay. Sure. But, okay, so that's ten less people you have to pay. Yeah. Like, eh. Yeah, but how many are a factor? Seven? Four? Uh, I mean, for some teams, it might even be less, Ryan. It's uh, The NBA is a star-driven league. Like, oh, yeah. You, like, you don't need death in the NBA. You, if you have, like, three guys that are, like, elite, you're going places. I saw... Uh, hockey, hockey, you need depth. With Kawhi Leonard... Uh, he's, he's, uh, I think he would be making like $17 million more million in California because of Canadian taxes. Yeah. Like the, like the, Raptors, the Raptors could have signed him to the Supermax like five years to 50-something, whatever. Yeah, he's but not staying in Toronto. Like, like, he, like he'd make $50 million more million, but Canadian taxes are taking away probably half of that. <laughs> what? When can a, can a California team... Try and get a player, like, an incentive to go there is because he's going to be getting a huge tax break. Yeah, that is that's just... That's only where Canada is involved, when California can beat your taxes. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Um, Well, speaking of... There was another notable name. Well, I was just about to say, speaking of Toronto, there was a big trade that just happened. 
Nazem Kadri is going to the Avalanche, and uh, Tyson Barry and Alex Kerfoot are going north of the border to uh, Toronto. Toronto did need defensemen. There you go. And then what? There was some picks exchanged, right? Let's see. Kadri, along with Callie Rosen, never heard of him, and a third-round pick in 2020 was traded in exchange for Barry and Kerfoot and a six-round pick in 2020. All right. It's not bad. Um... Rest in peace to the uh, the Nazem Kadri Maple Leafs jersey shirt that Ryan got for me one year for Christmas. Oh, God. It's gone. I lost that one. Uh, what else did I lose, Ryan? A whole bunch. I just lost another one. You Obviously, I lost Wayne Simmons closet. last year. <laughs> Pretty much. I lost my Wayne Simmons one, obviously. I lost... Um... Oh, and Ryan got me a Ken- <laughs> and here we go. Ryan actually, when I just saw him in South Carolina last month, he got me a Kemba Walker Hornets jersey because it has a oh, Buzz yep. City on the front. You got to burn that thing. Yep, he's going to the Celtics. I don't know. I mean, but, shit uh, happens, I guess. I don't know. Speaking of Dallas, speaking of Dallas, Corey Perry signed there for one year, one and a half at thirty-four. After how many years with the Ducks, Ryan? Corey Perry with 14 years in Anaheim. Sweet Jesus. Uh, basically, Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff grew up with the Ducks as I was growing up. Uh, they both had their rookie years in their official rookie years in 05. And here we are now. So I was 10 years old when they... Uh, busted onto the scene, and Corey Perry is not in Anaheim anymore. That's Corey Perry with 988 regular season games played, 372 goals, 404 assists, 776 points, and a career plus 76. Which is very good. And let's we, we should mention if we're mentioning Corey Perry, we should also mention penalty minutes. Pims. One thousand one hundred ten penalty minutes in his career. Uh, he's the pest that everyone hates, but he's the pest you want on your team. So he's basically he's the pest that's not Brad Marchand because I don't know. He's if not I a dirty player. He's just uh, no. does. <laughs> he's anno- so goddamn annoying. Annoying things. Is. But this like, is this is a Corey Perry, uh, p- probably one of the most decorated players in the NHL. Um, who world, did he score? World Junior Championship gold, uh, Olympic golds, World Cup golds, World Cup of Hockey gold. Um, he, oh yeah, oh yeah, in that Stanley Cup in two thousand seven. Yeah, he he led the league in goals scored at one point, right? In in 2011, he won the Hart Trophy and the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy. Um, yep, so this was a hard one as a Ducks fan. Who did he Who did he squirt the water in the, the guy's glove? Who was that? I know it was Perry, but who did he I'm like? not sure, but... Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Great, though, right? great moment. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite Corey Perry moments. He was a troll. Oh, yes, the biggest. Um, and he's... I don't know. I was a good, I've uh, I've met him before. Got a little picture with him in 2013. But uh, it's a 
when you think about the Anaheim Ducks, what do you think of Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry? Mm-hmm. And I just want to say thank you, Corey Perry, for your 14 years of outstanding service for Anaheim. And I wish you nothing but the best in Dallas. I'm not going to like you in the green, but... It's going to look weird. I don't know. I think uh, times are kind of changing because I could definitely see me rooting for a team with Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski playing together. Yeah, no, I mean, stars are going to load up with veterans and make a push. Still, uh, my favorite goal Corey Perry ever scored was in double overtime against the Edmonton Oilers. Try to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry scores. Corey Perry. The comeback on Catella. Probably the greatest comeback in the Stanley Cup playoff history. I'm not going to count the the power play horse shit from this season. That's not that impressive. Well, the Ducks did it in less time. That's for sure. And they weren't. And they, they, were and they weren't on a. They weren't on a power play. No, that was weren't. the one. That was. I mean, the they one. they had a goalie pulled, so they had a, a man advantage, but still. There's not that as much the room on the ice when it's six on five as to five on four. That was also like the exactly. fifth time in his career that he smiled. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one where he t dragged the one dude and just roofed it. Right. What? The that goal, or am I or am uh, I thinking of another one? It wasn't. A, he didn't roof it. That was along the ice. It was. Well, it was really. It was really uh, for the best play ever. It serves fitting that it was because of a great Ryan Getzlaff pass. I'd like to know how many of Corey Perry's goals Ryan Getzlaff assisted on. If we could get our uh, our crew on that one. That sounds like a lot of work. I would say a lot, but what they uh, came? The Ducks came back from what three goals in what two and a half minutes? It was, it was three and change. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah. I know. I went absolutely insane when the Ducks tied the game up. Ricard Raquel tied it. Um, and then the first overtime, the Ducks had chance after chance after chance. And it ended, of course, obviously went on a double overtime. But what do you think about when you have an overtime period where you go out and dominate, but you don't put the puck in the net? You're going to get screwed. You think, well, this can't be good. We missed our opportunity, and it's going to come back to haunt us. Mm-hmm. But CP10 had different different ideas. Scory Perry, I love you. I'll miss you. Go get those rings in Dallas. I uh, I'll I'll give a a quick Perry bump. Uh, this is this is my f- one of my favorite goals that he's ever scored. I remember watching this game with you in our room in Altoona. Uh. It was against the Florida Panthers, and I think that it was pretty early in the season, but like way late for him to get his first goal. I don't think he had scored at all at this point, and the Ducks were really, really struggling to score. So this is uh, Corey Perry to tie the game with five seconds left. Behind the net for Perry, step in front, passes it over there, and to the wrong side, little wasn't ready, out to Kessler, his drive loses. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you could see he, he scores the goal and just kind of like falls down on his back because he's like, oh my god, finally. I scored, and the Ducks uh, the Ducks ended up winning that game in a shootout. I remember watching that game with you because it was in Anaheim, and it went to a shootout, so it was, I, I mean, probably close to 1 o'clock in the morning. I was watching that game, that game with you, and Ryan was as relieved as Corey Perry was. The Ducks had, like, finally won, and uh, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a fun game to watch. So uh, it's going to be weird, definitely, seeing him in something other than a, a Ducks uniform, but, you know, that, that's, the, that's the price you pay in being a – Hardcore sports fans sometimes it's because it's a business at the end of the day. So players go to different teams. I was always I was a, on the big uh, train of Corey Perry is still good. Uh, he's he's still going to be a good player. He was not a player that is valued at eight million dollars a year anymore. Hence the Ducks buyout. Uh, I think it's going to be good for him to get a fresh start. To be quite honest, but. Sometimes you just need a change of scenery. Um, he Corey Perry didn't have any bad words to say. Um, the Ducks came. I don't know who it was. The Ducks uh, president or GM or whatever high up had to say that it's one of the hardest decisions he's ever had to make. And Corey Perry said that uh, the Ducks will forever be in his heart. But uh, if Corey Perry plays the first 12 games with Dallas, his 1,000th NHL game will come against the Ducks. Hmm, that's just... Talk about written in the stars. Oh, good one, Ryan. Hey, oh, look at you. How long did it take you to think of that? Uh, I just said written in the stars. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I was saying stars that, you know... <laughs> Dude, this guy over here with the introspective uh, look on life. I mean, oh my God. Hang on, hang on just a second. Oh, written in the stars, a million miles away. That was, yeah, that was good. I will, uh, Um, you didn't laugh at that one. I kind of thought you were going to. Oh. I will say. Wait, no, uh, okay, so I have a I have a question for you, Johnny. What? Now that uh, Ryan just uh, uh, spilled his heart out about Perry leaving, mm-hmm. for for me, the hardest thing as a kid growing up was Donovan McNabb getting traded from the Eagles to the Redskins. Okay. He was always my favorite player. What 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 was the hardest uh, player change that you had to go through, like a Raven or a Red Sox or whatever? Um. Probably Nomar getting traded, Nomar Garcia-Para. I was real young, but I, uh, my dad uh, dressed me in a Nomar Garcia-Para onesie as a child. So that was difficult. Um, some people expect me to say Flacco. It's really not. I mean, I've been on, I've been on the get rid of Flacco train for about three years. So <laughs> you have to be. It's just, yeah. Um. Huh. Todd Heap leaving the Ravens was hard for me. Yeah, he was a big fan. Favorite, he was sure. he, he was my favorite player. Uh, that's probably a m- more recent memory. That's probably mine. I will say it gets easier as you get older. Oh yeah. Um. I 
I kind of chose to ignore the news about Perry for quite some time. I don't know. It just, I think it's going to hit me at some point because it hasn't really, you know, this is a guy that I, you know, it feels like I've grown up with him, you know? He yeah. was he was he was a kid on the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim when I was ten years old, you know, watching my favorite team play. And here he is, thirty four years old, and I'm almost twenty four years old. So it's uh, it's gonna be hard, I think, when I see him for the first time in the green. Yeah, I mean, and with me, like with Nomar leaving, it's like okay, we broke the curse and everything, but it's like shit. Nomar couldn't have been a part of that. Also, it gets easier when you've been through some shit, and you're like, okay, well, an- another thing, an- add another thing to the list. Yeah, seriously. Uh, speaking of the Red Sox, uh, the Red Sox and Yankees played in London, and uh, they apparently decided that they wanted to play American football instead of baseball because they scored 50 runs in two games. Sure this wasn't a cricket match or something? I have no idea. It only lasted nine innings both games, which is the shocking thing. This was not an extra inning game. No, 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 no. They played 18 innings and scored 50 runs. Well, they were playing on a softball outfields. Now, yeah, uh, the, 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 wall, the wall was at uh, softball length. Yeah. It was 330 down the lines and 385 to dead center field. So uh, down the lines isn't anything shocking, but... 385 yeah, no. to dead center? I, that's that's not MLB baseball. People were comparing it to like, because I made the comparison, I was like, oh, it's like Yankee Stadium, like down the foul poles or whatever. But then it's like, it kind of plays like Coors Field because the way they were playing at uh, West Ham Stadium, and the way, like, the wind is going, the wind is blowing out at all times, like the way they set up the field. So it's like, you get a nice pop-up. It's just like, oh, yeah, that thing's going. And it's, you, it's all you had to do. I mean, but, uh, yeah. It was, what was it, 17-13 the first game. Yeah. And then what was Sunday? The Yankees scored another 1,000 like runs. 12-8, uh, I think, right? Jesus Christ. Yeah. It was 12-8 because I remember checking the score and seeing that Marcus Walden had come. My, my One of my newest uh, free agency pickups in fantasy got me negative 17 points that game. Came in, didn't record a single out, got minus 5 for the loss, minus 4 for the the all of the runs he was earned, and then minus 8 for a combination of walks and hits. Yeah, Andrew, you should know better than to trust anybody in the Red Sox bullpen. I well, I mean, <laughs> or just pitching staff in general, minus David Price. Other than that, he's actually been solid for me. But that, like that, just like nullified everything that he's done. <laughs> I mean, you got to try to get negative seventeen in fantasy. I need the Red Sox to get a bullpen. Just, I mean, the bullpen is just. If we make the playoffs, which is a fucking long shot at this goddamn point. Uh, yeah, we're going to get swept. First round. Or just lose the wild card game. Like, seriously. Like, I don't... Like, they're bringing... Nathan Evaldi's coming back, and he's going to be the closer. 
He's our starting. He's one of our starting pitchers, and we have to put him in the bullpen because it sucks that bad. Like, I, like you're talking about the Red Sox going to get a guy. Like, all right, that's fine, but one guy's not going to fix this bullpen. And like Matt Barnes is probably our best pitcher out of there, but you can't use him every fucking day. They used him like four days in a row, and he got gassed and got shelled by the White Sox that we blew in the ninth inning. That was the reason. Use 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 a uh, bullpen pitcher for straight days. He's gonna get burned out. You you can't do that. Move Evaldi back there. Go get like Shane Green or somebody from the uh, Tigers. who's a good bullpen guy, and see what happens. But I don't I I don't know. I I I don't know what else to say. Just I mean I'm not giving up. But it's like this is just gonna be really hard to just. Like, okay, we have to score 10 runs, and hopefully the bullpen holds it to 8. And that's how we have to win games. It's absolutely ridiculous. How about those crowds in London, though? They were rowdy. 60,000 per game? Uh, I yeah, mean, once that'll never happen again in the MLB on American no. soil. Oh, my. Okay, I got breaking news. What? Do you remember Jared Lorenzen? He was no, the, the hefty lefty. The hefty lefty. Dead. What? Dies at 38. He uh, battled with cardiac and uh, cardiac issues. I mean, I can't say I'm shocked. What? Oh, man. He was pushing, like, five bills yeah, he, two years ago. He was... Not in shape. No. This, is, this isn't ringing a bell for me. The hefty he lefty? A, he was the, called the hefty lefty because he was like fat as shit but played quarterback somehow. He was like he 300 was the, pounds and could launch at 80 yards. Yeah, he, was on the, he was on the Giants, oh, I think. Oh, yeah, He was yeah, a backup. Yeah. Yeah. I was going um, to say, you know who this is. I thought he you, went to Louisville or something. I thought you were, he, I thought you were oh, he went to referencing a left-handed oh, pitcher. Kentucky, okay. No, no, no. I thought you were talking about a left-handed pitcher. He played quarterback in the NFL – he played quarterback in the NFL, got cut, and then went to the Arena League, and they had him playing offensive line. Like, that's how big he was. I mean, he was the offensive line and the quarterback. Oh, man. That's sad. That is sad shit. Jesus. Um, the MLB All-Star Game is, what, next week? Seamless transition there. Yeah, well. You give me breaking news. I don't well, know yeah, you... I, we weren't planning on that happening. I don't know what you want me to do with that. Uh, but rest in peace to him. Yeah, that yeah. that sucks. Yeah, that's terrible. Prayers, prayers to him and his family. I knew he had. I think he was he was divorced from his wife, but he had uh, two or three kids. So. Yeah, that uh, that sucks. Uh, anyway, and we'll be all star game next week, and. Uh, I have a little gripe, just a just a, just a small one. Uh, why is Rafael Devers not in the All Star game? The Red Sox third baseman, who is, gentlemen, can I give you some stats? Go for it. All right, Rafael Devers leads all American League third baseman in batting average at three twenty four, runs sixty one. He's second in on base percentage at three seventy four. Slugging percentage 530, OPS a 904, RBIs 50, weighted on base average 377, 
third in weighted runs created plus at 134, and a fielding war of three. And he is not an all-star. K. Just K. And he promptly, promptly follows that up with realizing he's not an all-star last night going four for five with two home runs and six RBIs. No, no big, big deal. No big deal. No. Not a big deal. That's a big old fuck you to the voters. I, I don't know how Rafael Devers is not an all-star. And Cora, Cora is the manager of the all-star team for the American League. He can put him in if he wants to. And if anybody bitches about it, I'll just show him the fucking numbers. Like, uh, yeah, he deserves it. Like, what do you What do you want? Thank God Xander got in. That news That news was told to me before we started, so. Yeah, like, it, like, like right before we started recording. Oh, literally right before I hit the record button. It, Xander is getting voted to the All-Star team. Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Call me fucking biased if you want to, uh, but numbers don't fucking lie. Uh, anything else? You guys got anything on the MLB All-Star game? Uh, I just think it's, ins- okay. The f- I think as of this point, the Phillies have kind of underachieved given all of the free agent signings that they had. Minus minus Bryce Harper, obviously, as we alluded to last week. Right. So, yeah, like, they signed Harper, they signed Real Muto, they signed Andrew McCutcheon, who suffered a very freak injury, by the way. Andrew, we're still thinking about you. Get that thing healthy. Uh, Gene Segura. I, I, I know they haven't been great. But they're still in playoff position right now. They're leading the wild card race. And, like, they have, like pretty much an identical record to the Cubs right now. The Cubs' entire starting lineup, minus the second baseman, is in the All-Star game. And the Phillies get the the one. Because obviously there's a rule that like at least one player from each team has to, has to make it. Well, here, hang on. Before you go into that, uh, who was the Phillies' All-Star? Uh, JT Romuto, the catcher. Okay. I'm looking. I'm just looking at the roster right now. I don't see Rizzo on here. Um, where are we? Where am I going? Bryant did. Baez did. All right, Andrew, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm just. That's like that's that's crazy. Yes, I mean the Cubs aren't the O one Mariners with fucking eight All Stars. <laughs> that is that that's the team that won like one hundred and twenty games almost, right? One hundred sixteen. Jesus. And lost to Ryan's New York Yankees in the ALCS, and, I believe. Damn. Ryan, uh, confirm again. Again, there's parody in other sports, not basketball though. Whatever. Wilson Contreras. Okay, Wilson Contreras. Mm-hmm. He is a member of my fantasy team. Go mm-hmm. for it, bruh. Uh, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Chris Bryant made it as a third baseman, even though he plays outfield now. I mean, he's technically a third baseman. Yeah, but I mean, he's been playing more outfield than anything. Uh, Albert Almora, Jason Hayward, and uh, the former IU Hoosier, Kyle Schwarber. Jason Hayward made the all-star team? I know, right? I mean, good. 
Jason Hayward can field and not much else. Let's see. Wilson Contreras. Uh, I'm going to name my uh, fantasy players that have made the All-Star game. Wilson Contreras, Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, um, Jason Hayward, Nick Markakis. This is why my team's so fucking good, ladies and gentlemen. I'm loaded with All-Stars. Are you kidding me? Nick Markakis, by the way, still kicking. Yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, he just won't die. Imagine what happens when you're not playing for the Orioles. You make all-star games. Or imagine what happens if the Orioles could have used him uh, before they traded him. <laughs> 2014 um, ALCS finalist, folks. And then American League, American League, Carlos Correa, DJ LeMahieu, and that's it for the American League. But, you know, like a good portion of my team is in the all-star game. Oh, yeah. so, DJ, DJ LeMahieu, well-deserving. Yeah, I, yeah he's been... He, he's well, been sorry, unreal. Man. I could not have asked for more from from him because he was not necessarily a bit a big name coming into this year. Like I, I knew him from from Colorado, obviously, because I lo- I loved the uh, the Rockies uh uh hitting like back in the Lemayhew, Trevor Story, Chuck Blackman days, Arenado, obviously, <laughs> and uh, Nolan Arenado. Yeah, I just said him. Oh, sorry. I just I just looked at my phone. They got CBS sent me the breaking Jerry Lorenzen thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I. It's I mean it's it's a popularity contest. The All Star voting is, and the fact the fact that you have to have you got to have one player from each team represented. I think that's a little much. I think it comes down to you got to have people. You got to have players that are going to draw audiences. Really. Yeah. I, and I understand that. Because, like, just in general, all-star games in any sport, I think, are dying pretty quickly. Like, the, yeah. the Pro Bowl in, it, in football is such an absolute joke. The I Pro can't Bowl's even tell you the last time I watched it. for 20 years. Yeah. And then they, they try to, like, they try to make it fancy, and they're going to have, like, Dion and, and, and Jerry Rice, like, hand-pick players, like, in a draft to try to, like, get people interested. Not working. It's just, it sucks. It's terrible. But um, the, the MLB All Star Game is like the only one that I actually will tune into because I think it's a little bit more prestigious than the other ones. And I uh, one of my favorite traditions is when all of the players like line up and they go the camera goes like face by face as they get introduced. The NHL All Star Game. Yeah, you watch that. Yeah. Um, well, I oh, have I since it. they since they introduced the three on three tournament. You love yeah. the three on three tournament. Yeah, yes. before before that, I uh, I did not watch it though. You're right. You're right, Ryan. I I'm actually glued, I'm actually glued to the TV during the three on three tournament, the All Star game, and I I think I I actually take it more seriously than the average fan does. I got a lot of pride for my uh, my Metropolitan Division boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's been four uh, three on three tournaments in the uh, NHL. Pacific has two. Metropolitan has two. Central zero. Atlantic zero. That's a uh... In Corey Perry's accolades, I forgot to mention uh, All Star three on three champion. Right. Yeah. That's a bad. He was on the. Was he on the the John Scott team? Uh, I don't believe. No, it was, might have been. Well, the the Pacific went back to back, correct? Or was it? No, I believe uh, Pe- it was. It was Pacific Metro Pacific Metro. Uh, Perry was on one of the teams. Gibby was in Nashville with the John Scott team. He was. I don't. I don't know if Perry was on that team or not. 
I don't. I was there. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, while Andrew does that, the U.S. Women's National Team advanced to the World Cup final. He was there in 2016. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he won. Um, yeah, Women's National Team advances to the final. Uh, yes, sir. Beating England two to one. Beating France. What was what was the score of that game? It was also two, two to one. Two to one. Okay. Uh, VAR has uh, helped out the women's national team for sure. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, Big facts. The the goal England scored or called back goal that they scored. Uh, what a absolute gaping hole through midfield to the back line. Uh, that was what a pass from midfield to I, I mean that can't happen. That was just honestly bad on the English player for not staying on sides, but it was a good finish. And then I guess VAR got back at them and reviewed it, gave England a penalty later in the match. What was that? Towards the eighty-fifth or so. Uh, I think it was like the. I want to. It was a little bit earlier than that. A little earlier. Like the eighty-first. Okay, so. but. Uh, I believe it was a penalty. I don't know. I've heard lots of differing opinions, but I thought it was a penalty, and. Uh, poor take from England, but Alyssa Nair gobbled it up. Uh, she got there. No way that ball goes in. Poor taken penalty, and the U.S. moves on. So they've definitely dodged some bullets this World Cup. Uh, you, you would never think that a team in the semifinal of the Women's World Cup would be there with a conversion a penalty conversion rate of 25%. How does a team advance to a semifinal with a 25% penalty conversion rate? One of four. I, I mean, I would say that's like more a testament to how good they are that they didn't even need the penalties. Yeah, but do you? Th- I don't know. But at the end of the day, that's what that killed them because then they would have tied it if they had scored on that penalty, and then then who the hell knows? But so, like we mentioned, the women's game is higher scoring than the men's game. Right. You think there's any chance a men's team goes 25% and is even out of the group stage? Hell fucking no. You can't miss that many opportunities. I mean, it's a penalty kick. You should be converting it greater than 75%. Easily. I mean, you're going to get saves every now and again, like if you fuck up or if you just shoot it over the bar. But I mean, the US I mean, team happens. The U.S. team has been dominant, but I just... I just want to put out there that they've had their fair share of luck or good fortune along the way with some VAR VAR calls and things of those nature. Penalty, uh, questionable penalty calls uh, for them. But I don't I don't think there's anyone that can stop them. Oh no 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 no. So the the other semifinal right now is Netherlands Sweden that is currently zero zero in extra time, so oh, oh maybe boy. maybe some PKs coming. I don't know. Speak of the devil. Um, 
I mean, shout out uh, Alyssa Nehair. Nehair. For her name. Mm. Normally good with names. Apparently not today. Um, yeah. Two to one. 83rd minute. England's got a PK coming up. And she just rops. Rops the shooter. And, uh, boys, where did where did she go to school? The Pennsylvania State University. Ah, yes, that's the, that's the one. Penn State women's soccer, two representatives, uh, Allie Krieger and Alyssa Nair. And I believe Krieger was 04 and Nair was 06, so they did play together in State College, University Park, whatever you want to call it. So good on Penn State women's soccer. Hey, yo. We are, baby. It's a good program they got over there in the Valley. Was that national yeah, champions in 2015, Andrew? I was just about to ask that. Yeah, it was either 15 or 16. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a fall sport, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so it would have been 2015 because we, we were sophomores. A good squad up there. All right, Andrew. I believe we have some rankings coming coming our way. Yes. Got, oh, okay, so last episode we were like like two two and a half weeks removed from doing our previous. So I was like totally out of the loop. I forgot to make a ranking for you guys. Uh, I'm back in action. So here's the thing. Uh, you know, I'd like to know uh, my U.S. women's national team players. I'd like to know what they're all about. So, uh, I remember Googling Mallory Pugh because I was like, hey, I don't know much about Mallory Pugh. Maybe I should know everything about Mallory Pugh. (laughs) Maybe. So, I Googled her name, and the first thing that comes up is an article that says Mallory Pugh's MLB boyfriend is wearing custom cleats the day of the USA-France game. And I was like... Well, stop right there. Who is this MLB boyfriend? Who is this random MLB player that is not being named? Okay. It's no other than a, a, a member of my fantasy baseball team, B, an all-star this year, C, a former number one overall pick out of Vanderbilt University and a college World Series champion. His name is Dansby Swanson. They're dating, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Good for them. Yeah, good. I hope they make it. Honestly, yeah. I mean, you. I mean, if they have kids, most athletic kids of all time. They're just gonna okay. name. They're just gonna name their children Alpha. That's all. They're gonna do. <laughs> so is is this a uh, partner ranking? It is a partner ranking. So the episode that you missed, Ryan, it was just me and Johnny. The rank similar was kind of stupid because it was like hypothetical couples in the NHL playoffs. I did. It was like Ryan and Scarlett Johansson. And like Boone and Kendall Jenner or something like that. That was stupid. Oh, yeah, These that are was actually my, that was when I let the world know that Emma Stone is just extremely attractive to me. Yeah, was that the one? Mark and Emma Stone. Yep. This one's legit because it's actually real. Okay. So we're doing a U.S. Women's National Team and their athlete boyfriend slash husband ranking. How much? Do, how much do you ship them? How much do you like the couple? Okay. So we'll start off. Mallory Pugh. And Atlanta Braves shortstop, Dansby Swanson. And we're okay. going to go Julie Ertz and Super Bowl champion from my Philadelphia Eagles, tight end, Zach Ertz. 
that we're going to move into Lauren Holiday and a former Philadelphia 76er and current point guard for the New Orleans Pelicans, Drew, Drew Holiday. We're going to go Sidney LaRue and current attacker or forward for the, uh, who's he played for? Orlando City, Dom Dwyer. Last but not least, Johnny, I think you know where I'm going with this. Mia Hamm and her husband, the former Boston Red Sox, Nomar Garcia Parra. First. <laughs> First. <laughs> it's a battle for second. Hmm. Jeff would be upset that uh, you didn't put Alex Morgan and uh, Servando on there. Well, he's like, uh, he wasn't relevant. He wasn't relevant enough a player. Alright. Hmm. Well, Ryan. Am I going first? You... I was going to say, yeah, go first. Okay, so from five to one. Correct. You know how it goes. Um, eh, I'm going to go Lauren Holiday and Drew Holiday at number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holiday is not relevant in the national team. And I don't know what Drew Holiday's up to these days. So. All I know is that he's on the Pelicans. Uh, then I'm going to have to go Mia Hamm and Nomar Garcia Parra. Interesting. Actually, I do like, uh, I do like Nomar. But. Uh-huh. It's kind of. Mayhem's kind of... Uh, I'm not a big fan of her. What? What's wrong with her? Um, everyone, like, in their mother was, like, Mia Ham, like, growing up. <laughs> All right. Everybody and their mother was Mia Ham. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. She's actually been cloned several times. So I actually had yes. a... We did, like, a, I think I was in the third grade. It was a wax figure museum. Like, you played a person, but you dressed up as them. You know, the stupid shit you do in elementary school. So you dressed up as Mia Ham? No, all, all, all the girls that played soccer were fucking Mia Ham. <laughs> like, uh, great. Whoop-dee-doo. She's the only female soccer player ever? Uh, I don't know. And then I'm going to have to go with... The Ertz is at number three. Ah. I don't know. I I think they're kind of annoying on social media now because really? uh, anytime there's a headline about Zach Ertz's wife, everyone gets all gets their panties in a wad. Yeah, that's because 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 they don't say, and then everyone's like, uh, "No, it's Women's World Cup star." Julie Ertz and her husband. Uh, no. No, no. Zach Ertz is a Super Bowl champion tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles, so don't fucking start with me. It's not like he's some schmuck. There's... It, de- it, like, it depends on the, the point of view. Yeah, but... but if, it's a, if it's Philadelphia media, then yeah, she's, she's Zach Ertz's wife. But, like, if it's, like... If it's United States Women's National Team beat reporter, then Zach Ertz is Julie Ertz's husband. You know, it's all it's all 
point of it, view. It was an article about about Zach Ertz being in France to support his wife. That, okay, then yeah, then then she's his husband. I, I, like I, I don't get it's, it. It's about your target audience. Yeah, but uh, okay, I just before it pisses me off, Continue. let's move on. I'm gonna go with uh, number two. Before we go down that, I'm gonna go with Dansby Swanson and Mallory Pugh at number two. Um, Andrew, we know about Dansby from uh, way back in the day. Not way back, but before he was playing. Wait, that was that was weird. You're talking about the tweet. Yeah. Yeah, that was like that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So like, apparently he apparently he knows one of the Penn State. The former Penn State volleyball players, and they like had a, a quick little tweet exchange, and I, I was so confused as to how they knew each other. Because like he grew up in Georgia and she grew up in in New York, and I have no idea how their their paths crossed. And Ryan and I actually befriended a couple guys on the the Penn State baseball team, and uh, uh, I asked him about it. I can't remember what he said though. Like Dansby was like at Penn State for some reason. Do you remember what he said? No. Yeah, I don't. It's a mystery. Let's get Dansby on the uh, podcast. And then uh, I'll, t- I'll tweet him up. Sydney Larue okay. and uh, Sydney Larue Dwyer and Dom Dwyer on uh, number one. Love, love that couple. She's hilarious. Yeah, she she's a she's a good follow on social media. Seeing uh, I've I've watched them. Uh, they're pretty funny when they're together. Just the. Uh, the duo between the two of them are are pretty funny when they're together. I saw a picture of them, and I guess it was Halloween, and she dressed up as Aladdin, and he and he dressed up as Jasmine, and I I chuckled. I uh, I do think the national team could use Dom Dwyer right now. Yeah, he was on the uh, the twenty seventeen Gold Cup roster. Yeah, and I think he scored, didn't he, in the, the first game against yeah. Canada? Yep, Dom Dwyer. Uh, I, honestly, I. I really think the team could have a uh, Wondolowski on the team would help. I, I don't know. I they need better finishers on the team, but that's not what we're talking about right now. So Larue's take it for me. Larue's Dwyer's whatever you want to call them. Larue who uh, defected from uh, Team Canada and came to the United States. And, so I always respect that. And Dom Dwyer uh, switched his. Elite, er, right, and he defected from England. Yep, and because well, because you hear uh, me and my brother always say Dom Dwyer because because uh, <laughs> he's English and obviously he's English, so he speaks in that accent. But I don't know. I think it's funny that we have have some English accents on our national team. But Johnny, you're up. Uh, Johnny, before you go, how strong a name is Dansby? Very strong. Imagine how many kids in, in the Atlanta area are going to be named Dansby. Oh, by the, so by the way, by the way, now that they're together, if you go into Mallory Pugh's phone and her and in her phone his name isn't Dansby, then she's totally missing out on a huge opportunity there. She's doing it wrong. She's doing it wrong. You have to have his Dan- his contact in your phone as Dansby. It has to be. It has to be. <laughs> Dan, no, I, Dan I ship them hard. I, I, yeah, I hope that I hope they're together forever. That's that's a fucking power couple. If I ever saw one, yeah. Fire couple. Isn't it cool if um, you're just you know, you're an athlete of that caliber and you just 
you just date an all-star lineup at all times. Yeah, it must be nice, right? Quite literally. I, we, when you're a, when you're a first-round nice. pick. By the way, Johnny, before you go, there's a video on YouTube. Uh, when Dansby was at Vanderbilt, everybody knew he was going to be the first-round pick, and uh, and Vanderbilt baseball made like this like mock video that is, by the way, funnier than anything I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. And it was like three of three or four of these Vandy baseball players uh, pretending to be at a press conference, <laughs> and the audience keep the audience or the uh, reporters keep asking them questions about Dansby Swanson, and they keep saying, okay, "Okay, yeah, like we said before, Dansby's not here right now. So if you ha- you have any questions for us, we'd be happy to answer them." <laughs> and and then the one guy raises his hand and he's like, "Yeah, I have a question. Uh, this is." specifically for Dansby Swanson. Uh, <laughs> and they, they just, like, throw their hats down and walk out. It's so funny. Oh, God. It's, yeah. That was uh, that was the, uh, how popular he was among uh, college baseball people. And by the way, by the way, Vanderbilt won. Oh! They beat Michigan. Thank God for that. So the cycle has been broken. It's not three years in a row that I get the champion out in the first round and the runner-up correct. I got my runner-up wrong also. Vanderbilt, they ended up winning. I thought it would have been funny if Michigan won a college World Series before uh, Harbaugh got to a Big Ten championship game. That would have been hysterical. That didn't happen. Vanderbilt won. All is right with the world, so I'm looking forward to my bracket next year. Go ahead, Johnny. Shout out my former neighbors. Give me... Holiday. Uh, Ertz. LaRue. Dansby. And, uh, yeah, no shit. No more and me a ham. Come on. There you have it. Did you, did you really think I was going to go anywhere else with that? Don't know. Come on. Um, where are we? Go Cup. Ryan was at the game in Philadelphia. As was I. So, I think the biggest story here coming away from the Curacao game was that Andrew got his first win in Lincoln Financial Field. Without a doubt, the number right. one story. And that game ended up, what, one nothing? one nothing. I don't think Andrew heard me. Because he was cracking wow. a beer. Andrew is uh, needing to take care of some business for a second. So. But yeah, uh, one nothing against Curacao. Lots of backlash from the media, from fans, whatever. Uh, all I s- win, all I all I see is a win, and you're on to the Gold Cup semifinal. Yeah, I, like, what do you? I don't know what people want. Curacao has quality players. We already mentioned last episode. That they're pretty much all from the Netherlands. Um, it's not, you know, it wasn't a performance that gets you very optimistic, but it's, it's certainly not a performance where you think it's doom and gloom. It's, you know, it's whatever. It's a tournament. It's long. But how about we talk about the U.S. hasn't conceded a single goal all tournament? What what does it matter? What, Forget. What does it matter what they're 
how many goals they're scoring if they're not giving up any. Clean sheets for everybody. Four clean sheets so far. Biggest takeaway. I really don't give a shit if they win out the group stages at one nothing or uh, the knockout rounds at one nothing. One nothing quarter, one nothing semi, one nothing gold cup final. That'll make me happy. Win, win's a win. The people want to dissect it and all that crap. Fuck them. USA has. We won and... USA has Jamaica tonight, nine thirty kickoff Eastern. Remember, this Lovely. is the Jamaica team that the U.S. lost to pre-tournament, one nothing at Audi Field in D.C. Um, very. Uh, I don't second class second tier lineup from the US in that game. Uh Jamaica didn't have all their starters either. But I don't I don't really look much at that uh Gold Cup tune-up game to have any impact on this one. If the US goes out and executed execute tonight, they should win the game. Uh they should be in the Gold Cup final. They need to be or else this Gold Cup turns out a huge failure. It's also a fine line. But that's the reality of it. If they don't make the Gold Cup final, big failure. I have a quick update. Uh, the Netherlands at the uh, extra ta- extra time halftime has a one nothing lead over Sweden. That's great. I didn't want to watch penalties. <laughs> um, Again. But... The last time U.S. and Mexico have faced in a Gold Cup final was 2011. So it's been quite some time since they've squared off in the final against each other. So that's huge. USA hasn't beaten Mexico in a Gold Cup since 2007, I think. Yeah. Um, so we you can't win it unless you're in it. So let's let's just get there. And the two, 2011 game was the... U.S. took the early 2-0 lead at the Rose Bowl, and Mexico stormed back to score four goals and win and send themselves to the Confederations Cup. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the 2019 Gold Cup. And, Andrew, I said the biggest takeaway from the game on Sunday was your first win at the link. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I had to, I had to take a piss break, everybody. So I, I, <laughs> I missed that part, but yes, uh, I'm now one in six. I got the monkey off my back. So now I feel like I can walk into that building with some swagger next time I go to an Eagles game. And, uh, you know, I, it felt good. It's even, even though the USA didn't look, uh, their very best in that game. Like Johnny, you said it, a win's a win. So, uh, you know, all we can do is build from this right now. I th- I think that's really when you're in that kind of a rut, that's the kind of that's the kind of win it's got to be. It's not going to be a flashy 6 nothing win. It's going to be a grit grinder out, one yeah. nothing. Got to be scrappy. And then uh and now you can build off of this and now hopefully get on a little roll there at the link. Let's go on a heater. Just like my fantasy baseball team on a 7 game heater right now. It's a, it's a slippery slope, you know. They say they say winning is contagious. Let's keep it that way. So we talked about Mexico waiting on the USA Jamaica game uh, last night. They played Haiti, 
and beat them one nothing in 120 minutes. It had to go to extra time. Um, Canada, Jesus Christ. Mexico scored early on in the first half of extra time. Uh, it So, Haiti didn't really have... They played with not much possession. They they just tried to play on the counterattack. They didn't play all that bad, but Mexico didn't bury a lot of chances. They didn't look very good. If I'm U.S. or Jamaica, I sure as shit wouldn't be scared of Mexico. But Haiti hit the elbow, crossbar and post in the 100... Yep. 18th minute which would have sent it to penalties but you know as Mexico does in Mexico fashion they weasel their way out just as they weasel their way out of the Costa Rica PK shootout and there they are waiting in Chicago for either the United States men's national team or Jamaica I think this would be a, a much more interesting matchup than 2017 because if you remember the 2017 gold cup mexico certainly did not have their a team because they were uh, they had just played in the confederations cup over in russia uh so obviously they weren't gonna be able to send those players there because they would have been totally gassed uh this i as far as i know is i don't know a lot of mexican players but right this is pretty much their, their legit team right Uh, they're missing some guys, like Carlos Vela. Uh, some of them, so uh, some of them are basically, they declined the invitation. Really? And it's because Mexico was invited to Copa America, and they declined the invitation. Oh, interesting! And I did not know decided that. to play in the Gold Cup. Uh, I guess because a lot of people are saying because the Mexican Federation is just out to collect money because obviously you've seen the venues that they put Mexico in and the type of crowds they get. So they're getting a big chunk of that pie, but you, right, you could, yeah. you could still also send your a team to Copa America and play a B team in the gold cup. No problem. That would be an issue, but yeah, Mexico is certainly missing some of their, uh, their top players. Uh, Carlos Carlos Vela, really a uh, best player in MLS so far this season by far. Not I did not know that. Decline the invitation. So you're saying that like the that the Mexican Soccer Federation declined Copa America, and then the players are not playing in Gold Cup like in protest of that. Correct. I did not know that. That's interesting, actually. This is news to me. Speaking. Uh, speaking. Yeah. Of the Copa America, Ryan, you had a, you had something you wanted to get off your chest. Well, Lionel Messi looking for that big title with Argentina. Everyone wants to compare Messi to one of the greatest footballers in world history, in Argentine history. Compare him to the great Maradona teams in the seventies, the World Cup champion. Argentine teams of the 70s. But you know what Messi doesn't do in tournaments? Cocaine? He doesn't win. He doesn't win hardware in international tournaments with Argentina. 
That's his big thing. They lost 2 nothing last night to Brazil in the semifinal. And once again, bounced out of the Copa America. All right, uh, here, here's what I'll say about that. He has so much pressure on him that I, I totally get why he's such a whiny crybaby about it when he loses. Remember uh, Copa America 2016? When he missed they the made penalty the final. kick? Yeah, they made the final against Chile, and he put the penalty kick into the third row. Yeah, I was, I was smiling time, ear to ear. Yeah, for the longest time, LeBron... And Peyton Manning had these same criticisms about them, that they didn't have championships so many years into their career. The tough thing about international soccer is with LeBron and Peyton, there's always next year. In international soccer, you don't you don't get next year. You have Copa America is every four years. The World Cup is every four years. And then it, obviously Messi's not eligible to play in the Olympics anymore. So that like that's pretty much it for him. And now they've done away with the the confederation stuff. So like, if now that he hasn't won this, I mean, he he's got to wait until twenty twenty two to try again to get this. And I think that pressure is really really weighing in on him. And I mean that that's what's hard about international soccer is that that, that you know you don't have wait till next year. You you got to wait a long time, and you know, that really sucks for him. I think it's funny also, Ryan, that he. Because he doesn't handle losses very well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And he lost. Uh, this was not a really ideal situation. I know that Brazil was without Neymar this tournament. But the fact that they're hosting, uh, that's really, really tough. So, uh, yeah. Better luck next time, I guess. I don't. I, I wouldn't even know, other than Copa America and the World Cup, what other thing would Argentina be participating in that he could win? Is there um, is there anything else? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Does their confederation have some type of nations league? I, as far as I know, they don't. Um, I think I think UEFA and Concacaf are the only ones that do that. Right so now. yeah, I guess I don't know. I I also see people uh, talk about Messi having no help, but that's ridiculous. Argentina yeah, is in, Argentina is insanely talented. They absolutely are. Yeah. So he he should get criticism. For his close, yeah, but that, like, that's the thing I'm saying because he's 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 obviously one of the best players that's ever come out of Argentina, and so he's going to get compared to the Maradonas who have won World Cups, and the fact that he has no trophy to show for it, I think is is really really killing him. And I mean, you know he's got a, he's got a long he's got a long way to go. Unless unless Messi wins a World Cup, I mean, yeah, Coke fiend Maradona is not going to be happy about it. So. <laughs> I literally, I have I told you guys my gripe with Maradona. No. He Ryan, I think I sent you this. He criticized that America wasn't a good place to host a World Cup. Okay, well, SMT. Because uh, <laughs> I think it was it, this is a couple years ago. He said it where it's like, oh, America's not good enough to host a World Cup. They don't love it. Fans don't come out at all. I think it should be held somewhere else. And. Uh, Maradona, take you and your mountains of cocaine and shove it directly up your fucking nostrils. <laughs> you fat fuck. Okay, so uh, Messi did win a gold medal with Argentina in 2008. 
in a U twenty World. Oh, did he really? In a World Cup, U twenty World Cup in two thousand five. But oh, well, then why is everyone saying he's never won an international trophy? Because they don't count it. Because it's it's not a it's not a full international thing. Well, that's kind of bullshit, if you ask me. I would be proud of of, of Olympic gold. It's it's not no, it's not a full senior team. It's like you. T- it's different. No, it's still the Olympics, though. Mm, no, most is more important. Uh, you're most people in world soccer don't in soccer around the world don't give a rat's ass about the Olympics. Yeah, no, they don't. Care. I think that's ridiculous. If you if you go back and watch the 2016 penalty shootout between Brazil and Germany, when Brazil won the Olympic gold, that place was about to collapse with the the amount of fans there. I mean, I'm, how crazy they were. Going. I mean, I'm. Uh, Lionel Messi is one of the greatest footballers to ever live. So I don't. Yeah, it's yeah, it's we're not, not denying that. It's not it's not coming on my end. I'm not. And uh, look at his success with Barcelona. And I mean, that, that's totally unfair to him, though. I I didn't realize that he had Olympic gold and, and a U twenty World Cup win. It, it like it, the fact that if you're an Argentinian, Argentinian, I there I don't know go. how to I you don't know it. how to speak. You got it. The, if you're a fan of Argentina, you're. You're a soccer fan of Argentina, and you're going to turn your nose at Olympic gold in a U-20 World Cup. I think that's pretty selfish of you. Just telling you what the people so, say. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that he had those those accolades. I thought that he literally had zero yeah, trophies to Ar- show. Argentina is a whole different story, though. I mean, it, just think about the difference, you know, in terms of of how big it would be to win a U-20 World Cup here and an Olympic gold compared to in Argentina. All they care about is the World Cup since the 70s. They just want to win world, more World Cups. Yeah. You also, like, mathematically, there's only 16 teams that make the Olympics. So, like, just getting into the Olympics alone is, is harder in South America than getting to a World Cup. Like, you know... Comnable probably has like two spots in the Olympics, right? In the Olympics, I I should probably know that actually. That's my thing. Concacaf has two spots. I'm gonna tell you in just a second. Well, since the U.S. like they never want to go to a Olympic game, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, that that sucks. Uh, this year, uh, Comnable has two spots. Um, well, that brings up an interesting point, actually, because Olympic qualifying this year for CONCACAF is going to be in October. So that's going to, that's going to be at the same time as CONCACAF Nations League, which means your young guns, I'm talking Pulisic, I'm talking Weston McKinney, like, what would, would you send them to Olympic qualifying or would you send them to the... Nations League. Olympic qualifying. I thought... That's interesting you say that. I thought you would say the other thing. Um, no, I don't think Nations League is important enough. Nor do I think... I don't really know if people are going to care about Nations League. Well, I, I know. I love the thought of that, playing for a trophy, but for some reason, I don't know what it is. In the U.S., no one seems to give a shit. No one cares about the Open Cup. No one cares about the Gold Cup. Now, when I say no one, obviously I don't mean no one in our fucking population right. doesn't care. But the, majority. but the majority don't care. 
Are you kidding me? A chance to win a a trophy against our arch rivals Mexico and be champions of our of CONCACAF? Are you shitting me? Inject it into my veins. I think this was the first year that uh, UEFA did Nations League, correct? Yeah. From what I saw, the turnout in terms of fans was pretty good. Well, now Ronaldo, as far as I know, did excuse me, did not play at all in the um, in the the group stage for Portugal in Nations League. But he did he did play in the semis and he did play in the final. So I think that kind of like gauges how seriously they took it. Um, for Concacaf, October eleventh, we have a home game against Cuba. October 15th, we're on the road in Toronto against Canada. So th- if if you send McKinney and Pulisic uh, there, and then, I don't know, maybe like Tim Weah, Cameron Carter-Vickers probably, um, they would really only be missing those two games. And then next month, you're home versus Canada and on the road versus uh, Cuba. So yeah. I think they could probably afford to send them to Olympic qualifying and then come back for those last two games. They'd still probably make it to the to the semis. I yeah I don't I think the U.S. player pool is just fine to where they can get a perfectly good squad to play the, those uh, first two group stage Nations League games because getting to the Olympics is huge. That's way bigger than Nations League. Also keep in mind. Canada is has gotten a lot better. Their two best players are Jonathan David and uh, uh, Alfonso Davies. They're also under 23, so they also have a decision to make. Are they going to go Nations League or are they going to go Olympic qualifying? So that, I think that'll be interesting to, to, to see. And we got we got a ways to go before we get to that. But, uh, yeah, that'll be cool. And it, the U.S. hasn't made the Olympics since, like, 2008, right? Right. Correct. Yeah, they gotta they got they gotta get there. I think because I that really sets up your your future. You're gonna be playing against the best U23s in the world at the Olympics. So if you if you're not even like qualifying there, then like the the next generation of players that are coming up to the national team, the senior team, uh, you know, they they need to be battle tested. Yeah. So I think I think that hurts that that they haven't been at the last they haven't been to uh London they didn't go to uh, Rio. Yeah. It it matters uh, the youth. The youth tournaments and success with those teams absolutely matter going forward. So the success at the U-20 World Cup was absolutely huge this time around. Um, you know, you're not going to have the same, the same 23 guys playing in a World Cup roster in whatever, 2022, 2026, whatever it might be. But there's probably going to be a good core of guys from this U20 team that went, you know, to the quarterfinals of the U20 World Cup. Mm-hmm. I like I, I remember looking at a, a a ranking of like like the top 100 uh, quote unquote prospects for the 2022 World Cup, and Tim Weah and. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember his first name. Whoever Soto is, Giovanni Soto. Yeah, those two guys were at the top, and they're they're way young right now. But by the time 2022 rolls around, they're going to have a little bit more experience under their belt. So I like if if those if the U.S. can qualify for the Olympics next summer, and those two guys are at least there 
and get to experience it, I think that's going to go a, a really, really long yeah, way. Because right now the men's national team's in a youth movement. Experience in big tournaments is huge. Yeah. It absolutely sets them up for future success, which is what we want. And I, I think really the main goal of this youth movement is to be able to compete for a World Cup title in 2026 when it's on home soil. Right. You you would have to think that at least the direction we're going right now, or the the uh, the expectation of the direction we're going, is by 2026 they'll be good enough to wear on home soil that they compete with these top South American and European teams and, and go to a, a World Cup final. Yeah, I can't wait. 2026. I'll be... I'll be We'll be old by then. Yeah, but we're uh, we're gonna have the whole the whole crew. I imagine we'll uh, run out an Airbnb for one of the group stage games. I'm not missing that. Nope. <laughs> no way. It's gonna it's gonna be a hell of a party. I'll tell you what. That it will be. Well, boys, let's get some final thoughts. Okay. What, what do we got? Uh, I'll go first. So. Uh, some of you may know the 2019 FIBA World Cup, not FIFA, FIBA World Cup is coming up in August. What's this beach soccer? This is a uh, <laughs> this is it's basketball. Ah, uh, bocce ball. So <laughs> I talked about it on the last uh, the last episode a little bit. I was given the update on a uh, men's soccer Olympic qualification. I was talking about it a little bit this episode. Olympic qualification. Uh, our men's basketball team. How are they going to get to the Olympics? Well, this is the way. If you get if you go far enough in the, the FIBA World Cup, you're going to Tokyo in 2020. So just now, just today, actually, the uh, our basketball team's roster got announced. So some of the notable players, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker. I like our team. Really, really like our team. So, uh, Ryan, you can actually remember this. Our senior year, this was probably 2017 or whatever. Before the <laughs> before the Luke Bryan concert that we went to, I was watching Canada versus the Virgin Islands in a, a, a FIBA World Cup qualifier. Like I've been following it for this long, and now it's finally starting to come like full circle. We've gotten to the World Cup. It's going to be in China uh, this upcoming August and then uh, through September. So uh, we got some legit NBA talent here. This is no joke. You know, you're not going to find Steph. You're not going to find LeBron. But, you know, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Damian Lillard, those are some elite players right there that you'll be able to watch in a USA uniform. And by the way, while we're on the uh, the topic of Olympic qualification, <laughs> you guys are going to really appreciate this. The 2019 Beach Volleyball World Championships are happening right now. Oh, and they're wow. being live-streamed on YouTube for free. It started last week, and it's gonna the knockout stages are going to take us all the way through this weekend. So um, guess what? The women's team and men's team that win that world championship punch in their ticket to Tokyo next summer. All so right. that's that. And also, I one one final thought for me. Uh, 2020, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, last episode I was saying how, um, the Women's World Cup was doubling as 
European qualification for the women's soccer tournament in the 2020 Olympics. Uh, that's been decided. So England made it to the semis, which means Great Britain is going to the Olympics. And we're also going to have the Netherlands and the Sweden, uh, uh, Sweden in the 2020 uh, women's soccer. Au revoir. Au revoir. And let me just check real fast. I think it's official. Not sure. Did I pronounce that correctly, uh, Andrew? The Netherlands is a couple minutes away from uh, advancing to the Women's World Cup final right now. Uh, au revoir. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye, France. Mm-hmm. That that sucks, actually. They're, <laughs> they went from being the favorites to winning the Women's World Cup to losing in the quarterfinal, and now they're left out of the Olympics also. There's no other... Uh, there's no last chance qualifier or whatever for that. They're done. At, at what point can there be some type of Olympic expansion or something? Hey, I, the, the women's tournament only has 12 teams for whatever reason. I just, Men is 16. Women is 12. I, I, I don't get I it. Just, I think it's stupid. I don't – what's what's the harm in having, you know, a great, a great world football tournament every four years? Yeah. I, I mean, they couldn't. They probably couldn't do more than sixteen teams because obviously the Olympics is only like two weeks. So, but yeah, the, I, I don't know why the women's tournament's only twelve teams. So. I mean, honestly, you could just you uh, could France s- does not deserve to be left out of the Olympics. You could. They got a tough draw. You could just call the group stages like Olympic qualifying and have it not far away from the opening ceremonies. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, so the World Cups in twenty twenty two, and yeah, now that now there's no up, yeah. Confed Cup or anything, the year before, I don't I don't see why why you wouldn't have a full senior team World Cup two two years per, like every two years it would be great, Olympics World Cup Olympics World Cup. That's how I would have it. But I don't make the rules. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it it, it happens. I assume they'll probably change it just way too late. But there's nothing you can do. Ryan, final. It's official. It's official. Netherlands is going to the final. All right. So, last week, I mentioned good luck to Wayne Rooney and DC United. Well, you know what? It's time for wanking it to Wayne. What did Wayne Rooney do last Wednesday? Oh, he only chipped Orlando City's keeper from 70 yards away. 70 yards. And he's done this before. Pretty good. Done this before in the Premier League. And quite frankly, the Premier League keepers looks, looked uh, looked a lot dumber than... Uh, Orlando City's, but that's neither here nor there because you have people calling calling Rooney's goal not as impressive because it's an MLS. Bullshit. Away by Canals. Pinballs to Rooney. Rooney sees roll out. Ignition from Wayne Rooney. It's just a clearance here and then miscommunication. 
doesn't even take a touch, recognizes Rowe is out of his box. And then the quality of the Englishman to hit it. 65, 70 yards. I mean, I can't even tell you how much it means to me that a player like Wayne Rooney, the Wayne Rooney, is on my club, DC United. I mean, I would have never thought a few years ago, hell, even months before Rooney came over, that DC United would ever have a player of that quality, uh, of his worldwide image. I mean, this is one of the greatest players in the Premier League for a decade. But uh, so I made my weekend a weekend of soccer. On Saturday, I was in D.C. for the D.C. United game. And Wayne scored a penalty kick in stoppage time to secure a point. Sure as shit wasn't a 70-yard chip. But Wayne Rooney scored, you know, a few feet in front of my face. So that's good. Love you, Wayne Rooney. Keep doing your thing. Uh, My final thought is quite a sad one, actually. Uh, Tyler Skaggs, pitcher for the Angels, uh, was found dead in uh, Texas earlier this week. T's and P's out to his family. He had just recently been married, and it just flat out, it's terrible. It sucks. I am a little touched by how much reception it's received around the league, how much outpouring of support there's been uh, for the Angels organization and Tyler Skaggs. So good, good on baseball. Good by MLB. I agree, yeah. So uh, I I was looking into this a little bit, and as far as uh, the police know, they don't suspect uh, foul play. And the most relieving to me, honestly, was that they don't suspect, uh, I think they've ruled out suicide, which is always the most heartbreaking, I think, when a person feels they need to take their own life. So yeah. they're gonna be performing autopsies, and we won't we won't know for a while. But uh, it sucks. And I uh, the one of the first things that popped into my head was uh, probably ten or so years ago. There was another Angels pitcher that died in the middle of the season. His name was uh, Nick Adenhart. I think he died in a, a a car accident. Am I right about that, Johnny? I do not. I do not remember. It was I'm some sorry. type of vehicular accident. Yeah, uh, and it was. I mean, I can't imagine what that's like to be a teammate, to be in the middle of your season and lose a teammate and then have to, like, the the Angels and Rangers were supposed to play that night. They postponed it. So to have to play a game the day after you've lost a teammate and a brother is just unbelievable to me. It's so foreign to me. Uh, I remember... This was probably 2015 or 2016. Jose Fernandez, um, right? Well, uh, well, that's another good example. I wasn't even going to bring him up, but yeah. Jose Fernandez. I was talking about uh, Vanderbilt baseball. The, the day before the NCAA tournament started, uh, one of their freshman pitchers actually drowned uh, in, a, in a freak accident. And they had, to, they had to play, and Vanderbilt was huge favorites, uh, in, at least to come out of the first round. And they, they lost two in a row and, and lost. And this, that just shows you the toll it takes to, to lose somebody 
that's so close to you. So, um, uh, this is going to be hard, and um, that's for sure. So, thoughts and prayers out to, to the Angels organization, to uh, the family of uh, Tyler Skaggs, and uh, it's hard. It's it's, very, uh, there's no other, no, other to, no other way to say it. It's very difficult, difficult time for everybody involved. Uh, once again, T's and P's to Tyler Skaggs and his family, the entire Angels organization. Yeah, uh, so. It's uh, it's fourth uh, Fourth of July weekend, everybody, coming up. So, more than anything, be safe. Okay, don't be an idiot. Don't drink and drive. Okay. Don't do that. Uh, behave yourself, and above everything, uh, be thankful that you're a member of the United States of America. Let's extend so. out some good lucks to the U.S. Men's National Team tonight, taking on Jamaica in the Gold Cup semifinal. Let's hope we get to the final on Sunday. And good luck to those ladies in France. Let's go, Yanks.